Welcome to Cross the World with Kelly Miller, where we take you behind the curtain to see what it's like for some of the most impoverished children and families on the face of the planet and how we help transform their lives from deepest need to thriving joy. I'm your host, Kelly Miller. I'm the president and CEO of Cross International. And I'm Chris McIntyre, co-host of Cross the World. This is episode one, our inaugural episode. We're very excited about this podcast. This is where Kelly will share his thoughts on Cross and how the ministry impacts what some people think of as quote-unquote those people. But in God's eyes, those are the people who truly matter. But before we launch into that, we'd like to spend time on a little segment we call What's Hot and What's Not, where we discuss what's trending globally and specifically in underdeveloped countries. The point here is not all humanitarian efforts are in the news. Some are hot, some are not. But Kelly, you can address that better. What's hot from a humanitarian yeah. Nonprofit. Po- yeah, it's a great, view. great question, Chris. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the hot thing, obviously, right now is yeah Ukraine. Of course, I mean that's that's mm-hmm. front and center on on everybody's news as well. It should be. I mean, an incredible uh, travesty that that's going on in not in Ukraine only in Ukraine, but the region that's being impacted there. So you know, again, as we're all aware of that situation, and across international, we're we're very engaged there and in, in helping and such. But you know, there's so many other. Um, uh, both crisis situation and even more acutely long-term situations, particularly in underdeveloped countries, um, that uh, that just don't make the news. I mean, nobody's fault of that in terms of the, the average person walking the street, but it, if it's not in front of them, they're, they're not going to know about it. And so many millions of people around the face of the planet that are affected by poverty and all the issues around that and and it's just some, again, the acute issues that are out there. You think about today um, what's going on in, in Ethiopia. Right. You know, with, with the strife that's happening there. South Sudan still continues to be a, a difficult place. Afghanistan, uh, you know, I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, that, that, was, that was big in the news a while ago. Right. But, but now people have absolutely forgotten about it. But it's still going oh, on. Oh, it still is. And it's getting worse. It's getting yeah. worse, you know, and this was, you know, we talked about this months ago, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. Kind of the predictability of it all and that, in that you know, indeed it get, gets off of the, the, the immediacy of the news cycles, but with the Taliban back in, in full power now, I mean, they're reverting back to what was, you know, for their, their era and, uh, of, you know, I'll call it terror because I spent a lot of time there, understand what happened there. And, and, and you know, so you lots of, so many millions of people are, are very, what we call food insecure, right? Not enough food on a regular basis. Uh, but on top of that, especially are what's happening to women and, and, and young girls, right? I mean, they're being shoved back into the closet, Right. Uh, under a burqa, a chador, uh, and and being told, you know, we don't want to, nor do we need to see you. And matter of fact, you don't get to participate in society very much. Absolutely anymore. tragic. Yeah, yeah. So there's really many, is. many situations that go on around the, on the globe every day, you know, that don't make the news. I know. You know, this reminds me of the situation that's been going on in Haiti. It never really made the news. And there is a story there. All the civil unrest, the kidnappings, it's just been terrible. But I can't help but think that it's linked to all the natural disasters that plague this country. The unrest, 
it escalated tremendously after the recent earthquake that happened there. It really destabilized the situation there. Unemployment, food insecurity, they simply do not have the infrastructure to rebuild immediately. That's right, yeah. Or we may, you know, here exactly. in, and we do, actually, and we may, we do here in the, in the West and in developed countries. It's such a, a, a dichotomy, you know, when you look at what we can do when, when quite frankly, you know, when, when economies flourish and people flourish. Uh, you know, there's a lot behind those comments, right, that we could spend hours talking about. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, Haiti uh, can be and is very much a very resource-rich place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, poverty and, and, and at the root of all the issues around that, it's the heart of mankind, right, that needs to be addressed. And, and so much of, of that is replicated around the world where, you know, we, we talk about hey, education is the answer and yada, yada, yada. Well, not necessarily. You got a lot of educated people around the globe that are still killing each other, right? So at the end of the day, it comes down to the heart of mankind, right? And at the root of that, how does that how does that roll out into the greater society around you, the economy, and these kind of things? So, lots we could talk about. It, yeah, no, sure. well, yeah. well, you're, you're you're talking about the the heart of mankind and everything. That's a good jumping off point uh, to our main feature here. At the outset, we promise to take you behind the curtain to see what it's like for some of the most impoverished children and their family members throughout the world. So, Kelly. I know you have some personal thoughts on how Cross International impacts these kids and their moms and dads. Would you share some thoughts with us? Oh, I would love to. And I think, that, you know, Chris, this is a great launching point, you know, for us with this podcast, you know, uh, across the world. And in terms of uh, not, the, not the how, but really the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's our why as an organization? Not just Cross, but, but the greater community of of international relief and development organizations, those you know the, the, that are out there, and and but even deeper than that, for you and I, and for others, for everybody who's listening here, what's your why? Why would you even want to be interested in in what's going on going on around the world? And um, I'd like to just share a little bit about my story. You know, what drew me into this work? I was, uh, uh, you know, a, a middle class kid growing up in in in, in the Seattle area back in the '60s and '70s, and and uh, very happy in that community, and and um, you know uh, didn't really have much exposure to people other than myself, right? And uh, then I got into my adult years, and through my church in Seattle, became involved in urban ministries and and then global ministries, and that started to open my eyes to you know who I would typically at least maybe I wouldn't put a name to it, but I would think it, you know, when I'd hear about people in what we call developing countries. Well, who are those people? You know, why would I want to care about those people? Why would I want to engage with those people, right? <laughs> yeah. And just that, that label, right, that demeaning label of those people and not think that, you know what, uh, those people have names and families and hopes and desires, and they ultimately, and, and at, at, at the foundation are God's creation, just like you and I are. Right, and it took uh, uh, for me a series of, of experiences and, and years to to really start to open my heart and my mind. And I tell you, it started on the streets of Seattle, you know. And um, at church, as I mentioned, we were we were very involved in in urban ministries at, at the church there. And we had a this was back in the nineteen eighties. Dating myself a little bit here, but uh, 
we had a, a, a an experience for people in our congregation. We, it was called City Dive, where you take a weekend, and they give you a dollar and 25 cents, all in quarters, right? And you take a weekend, and you go survive on the streets, the downtown streets of Seattle. Right? Now, you had a place to stay. It was, a, it was a bit of a flop house to stay out in downtown Seattle for a couple of nights. But you had to make your time and make your way out on the streets. What were you going to eat? Where were we going to be? Where were you going to go to the bathroom? You know, just the basics of life, right? And and I can remember um, uh, for those that are listening, that if you've been to Seattle, or you know Seattle, the, the downtown Pioneer Square area is kind of the heart of the old town of downtown Seattle, right? And there were some places of activities, probably the best way to describe it <laughs> at night that I that I used to frequent in my college years, right? And uh, one of them was called the J and M Cafe. Right, right down in the heart of, uh, of 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 Pioneer Square, and I can remember, you know, myself, my buddies, just spent a lot of time down there in college, post college years, and such. And um, so here I am on a on a Friday or a Saturday night doing the city dive uh, experience, and I'm down there, I'm hanging out with people living on the streets. You know, I'm just trying to survive myself. You know, as silly as that sounds, but across the street. From the entrance to the J&M Cafe, which was very busy this particular Friday or Saturday night, there's an old grocery store, on, used to be, on the corner there. And uh, there were some guys who were living on the street who were sitting at the base of the, the wall, right, on, 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 the, on the entrance to the, uh, the grocery store there. And I'm just hanging out and going, I'm just going to go sit down with those guys. It's late at night, and it's probably, I don't know, probably 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I went over and sat next to these fellows, and we just started talking. And, uh, and here's what hit me was that as people came out of the J&M Cafe, people who were just like me, really, they were cleaned up and better dressed than I was, as they came out and walked across the street and walked by us, we were those people in their eyes because none of them would look at us, none of them would acknowledge us, and I'm part of the us now, these guys sitting on the street, and it was just one of those moments in life that it, 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 was, it felt so dehumanizing to me. Like, wow, don't I even exist in your eyes? How does that happen? So that, that for me, was just a very, very poignant, poignant moment. And then um, a few years later, uh, through the same church, uh, in becoming more involved, uh, God just pulling my heart. I was working in the business world at the time, pulling my heart, heart towards these things, uh, international and these things, you know, gospel-related internationally and, and particularly uh, poverty around the world, uh, became involved, again, through the church in a travel program where we would take groups out to developing countries. Not to go do anything, you know, the American way, we got to go fix something, right? No. We want to go out and, and learn and listen. You know, be an ex- be, be a, experience what's going on in countries and cultures and people who are so different from us and see what God's doing there, Right? And, and, and learn from that. Very new experience for me, right? So the first country we went to, this was late 1989. I know the dates exactly because we spent New Year's Eve from 1989 to 90 um, in Kathmandu in Nepal. Um, first day, I, I arrived in Kathmandu. We had Kathmandu. We had this group of, I think, 16 or 17 with us traveling. You know, so funny because I'm co-leading this group. I've never traveled before like this in a developing <laughs> country. You know, so you, you, you kind of fake it as you, as you go along, right? And I'm right. helping you guide these people through, and the fellow who was leading it was very, very experienced. Um, but I remember our first day in Kathmandu. We were down in the old uh, uh, part of town called Tamil, 
and packed full of people and and you know you know you're just kind of in the hustle and bustle of a lot of the crowd right now i remember walking through the crowd and boom right in front of me flashes this look to me a very very old woman right up in my face and i could see her eyes i could see her mouth but she didn't have a nose there's no nose there's just this hole in the front of her face and she was begging and it just shocked me and it stopped me and and this is the first person i had ever seen in my life who had leprosy and her oh, nose was wow. gone as a result of leprosy and um, a few days later one of the ministries that we were visiting on that on that, that that trip was a leprosy hospital outside of Kathmandu it was a few hour drive way out in the mountains because again those people those people with leprosy they we can't let them be part of our society can we right so you know just kind of that shunning and that separation. So it's a leprosy hospital way out in the middle of no place. Now, here's the cool thing. A gorgeous location. I mean, it was a stunning location out in this rural hillside where this hospital and community was built for people to live. Right? It was beautiful surrounds, but the unfortunate part is, again, this, the social separation. So we went out for about a half-a-day visit. Again, our, our uh, purpose was to just to simply be exposed to what What's leprosy, but what's a community of lepers look like, and how's God caring for them through uh, his people, Christians working there, and what did it mean to live in that dynamic, in that culture? And i got to be honest, Chris, I was nervous. <laughs> I was nervous. I, I mean, if I'm truthful, I honestly didn't want to go. I wanted to, but I didn't want to. You know, that kind of that tension. Oh, yeah. So we, we make our way out there, and um, we get out there, and we're having lunch, now, here's the first emotional barrier, right? Because the lunch was being prepared by people with leprosy. With, with leprosy, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And again, i got to be honest with you, I didn't want to eat the food. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was that yeah. mental barrier of, ooh, you know, somebody with leprosy has prepared this food. How can I eat it, right? Delicious meal. <laughs> it was a phenomenal meal. <laughs> and the chocolate cake they served after was fabulous, right? And it was just one of those moments. It sounds silly, right? But it was a moment of, of, of stepping over the wall emotionally for me. And it started to create identity, you know, for the people in the kitchen that we went back to visit who were just so joy-filled and engaged and they had purpose, you know, not making a meal for us, but that was their job working in the kitchen. And they, you could just see the the sense of joy in their lives. One of those aha moments for me that put faces and names and took away, started to take away that those people mentality. 15, 20 minutes after that lunch, I find myself out in a courtyard outside uh, on the steps of a, of a building. Again, I, I, it's hard to describe, but if you can imagine this beautiful terraced hillside in the in the in the foothills into the mountains of Nepal that, you know, the terracing was done centuries ago and these hillsides are rice paddies and, you know, trees and such and beautiful vistas. And in the middle of that hillside is this hospital and this clinic. And the middle of that community was, um, was, uh, uh, one of the clinic buildings. And in front of that had uh, a, set, a set of five or six steps that, that, that stretched the breadth of the building, maybe a hundred feet or so looking out over this valley. So I'm, I'm painting a picture. Yeah. And I'm sitting out in the middle of these steps with uh, this fella who was a, 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 live, a resident there. 
who had leprosy, obviously. And, and we're, I didn't speak Nepalese. He didn't speak English, right? But we're having this grand time communicating. We're sitting next to each other, which, again, made me nervous. I'm touching this person. Oh, no, this person's touching me. He's got leprosy. How can that happen, right? And so that nervousness started to subside, and we just were having this wonderful time together. And it was great. So this, the guy that described me, he didn't have any hands. He had stumps on, on, on both the ends of both arms. No hands whatsoever, no digits. Filled with joy. I mean, just this beaming smile, loud laugh, uh, just this, this sense of, of, of humanity about him that was so striking. And while we're talking, he reaches into his pocket next to me as her arm goes in and out. He pulls, I don't know how he does it, a roll of lifesavers. Okay? Roll of lifesavers. <laughs> With no hands, obviously no fingers, he then proceeds to unroll, unwrap a lifesaver and hands it to me on the end of his stump. And here's this lifesaver. And I'm looking at him, and, and again, you know, you know how you, you, when you get into a, a stress mode and your brain starts clicking away a lot of different thoughts? Well, in about a half a second, I'm thinking, uh, this guy wants me to take this lifesaver from him. That means I need to touch him. Um, is the lifesaver clean? Am I going to get sick? You know, I mean, all those thoughts, right? All these very distinct right. thoughts that go through it. I also thought, you know what? This is a moment. This is a gift. It's a test. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gift to me, yeah. really. And, and I thought, you know what, uh, and I just reached out and I just enveloped his, his stump in both of my hands and I wrapped, and we just looked at each other and he knew, he knew exactly what was going on inside. I could tell he knew what was going on inside <laughs> my head. And we just sat and looked at each other and I'm holding on to this guy's stump and the, you know, the, the, the lifesavers underneath there. And we just smiled and laughed, you know, and it was just that ice breaking for me that it's like, doggone, this guy's not going to kill me. I'm not going to catch leprosy from him. I can reach out and touch and get, not just walk across that wall, but jump over that emotional wall and connect with this person and vice versa. And doggone it, that was a great taste in lifesaver too. You know, and, and so it, that moment, again, for me, has just been foundational in the reality that, you know, God created that man as equal as he created me. And he is not a those people person. He's a person who has a name and hopes and joy and aspiration. And, and, and aspiration that we'll see each other again in God's kingdom in heaven, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we could tell lots of stories <laughs> around that, that whole topic of those people, but that's why we at Cross International, this is why, why we do our work, right? Uh, because God has created this world, this world populated by human beings who he created, right? And, and the fact that you and I were born in the United States of America and live here uh, is of equal value to the person that was born in the middle of Bhutan or Colombia or Iceland or you name the spot around the world, right? Any of the countries that we work in, in Latin America and the Caribbean and, and in Africa, every individual, that is born in those countries is of equal value in the sight of God. And I personally, I need to understand that they're of equal value in my heart and my mind. And this is where, you know, God has called Cross and other organizations like ours to do this work is, you know, we've been blessed with resources, right? Uh, we are not uh, in any way, shape, or form better or above 
you know, those that are born in the developing and, and live in the developing world. But we have, we have resources and systems around us, right? And God's called us to be stewards of that. And that stewardship is not just the stuff. It's also stewarding relationships. That means developing relationships, right? And, and stewarding that in a way that there is connection. So this is what we do as an organization. Um, and, and, and again, it's not just cross, but so many like ours. And for listeners and others that, that, that want to be, that want that same centric of connection, that's our role as an organization to help make that connection so that you, we like to say, you know, if you got an itch in that area, we want, we want to be the scratch for it. Right. <laughs> and, and help be that conduit you know, for folks to, to, to be engaged, to get engaged and be engaged and, and to, to break through that, those people think and realize, doggone it, you know, um, uh, I, we're blessed here and, and, and let's, let's engage with those that are around us and help bless their lives because we're all God's children, all creation by God. And he's called, I mean, the, the Bible, you know, is peppered with so many uh, admonitions and, and, and such for us to engage with the world's poor. Surely, right, yeah. and 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 to to live sharing lives, right, and to uh, to to love people into the kingdom, towards the kingdom, so they can choose that, right, and that's God allowing us to do that work. So again, I could babble for hours on this stuff, but you know, I think this is a good launching pad, like I said, for this podcast. I'm hoping people resonate with what we've talked about because these are the kind of insights we, we want to talk about on a regular basis and how to, how to break through that, those people thinking so that when we do get a chance to sit down and talk about these topics and places and, and people that, that we are in some way, shape or form a bridge for our listeners to go, okay, I have a little better understanding Man, I want to be involved with whoever those people are. Whether it's cross or not, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's just get involved. Be involved. Live in an involved life. And if it's somebody half there in the world, great. But if you know if it's somebody just across the street or in your family, whatever it might be, get involved. God wants you to be involved. Amen. Amen to that. If you would like to learn more about Cross International and make a difference in the lives of vulnerable children and their family members, visit our website at crossinternational.org. See you next time at Cross the World with Kelly Miller.